Hello, Poggers, and welcome to another episode of The Pog State. I'm Atlas. I am once again joined by Valdez, but we have some new faces that we'd like to introduce to you. If you've only been watching The Pog State and you haven't been watching the LCK, this might be a new thing. That would be a very weird thing to do, though. Um, So just, like... Watch some LCK. We thankfully have Ox and Law with us here on the Pog State to just give us a bit of behind-the-scenes information on how it's been transitioning to LCK caster and LCK professional first time in the LCK host. So excited to have you guys here, um, Law. Let's Thank start you. with you because I feel like I I feel somewhat responsible. We had a conversation <laughs> and. It had nothing to do with me, right? Because I was just talking about the fact that Jisun was already talking to you, but it makes me feel like I helped. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it's all thanks to you, honestly. Yes, uh, it, it all started it. Uh, at Wells in New York last year uh, when I had like an informal joke conversation with Jisun. She was like, yeah, everything's going well, but the guys are really overworked and, you know, having a real host could be really nice. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's when she went to talk to you and you came so, so... Jason told me that you may be interested in joining, and you know how much I love you guys and how much I love Korea, so it was meant to be, and for me it made sense, and yeah. Um, and I'm didn't... happy to finally be here also, because visas and everything made it everything so much more complicated than what it should have been, but yeah, yeah. finally. I know, it's amazing, and I like that you mentioned that you know you love us and you love Korea, but actually you're only here because you love KT. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think we can be honest about that, I think that's allowed. Yeah. I mean, um, they, they started winning again so lately when I came back. So, yeah, we, we take this. We take we are, this. We are finally be, here, guys. We are going to be peering into some predictions uh, for these two new additions to the Pog State. Um, because, of course, we all have to predict what the standings are going to look like at the end of the season. Theirs going to look a little bit different to ours because they have a little bit more information. And because we're better. And Yeah, that as well. Well, yeah, so I'd hope fair, so. Otherwise. After two weeks of extra information, orcs. By the way, how has it been? <laughs> um, getting over to Cree, you've been here for a little bit longer. And uh, how, how's the, the transition been? Has it changed your life a lot? Yeah. Living I mean, in Korea instead yeah, of the live, UK? Li- yeah, yeah, it's a lot better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brexit did a number on the UK. Uh, no, Korea's been lovely. Food's great. You know, being able to hang out with you guys, which has been fun mostly. Uh, you know, Brendan's great. Mao's great. Wolf's great. Jason's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, it's been fun. And I I feel like, you know, for me, last year I was away from the LPL, which was all remote. uh, And, Mm. you know, I had a pretty long commute from my bedroom to my office of about two meters. Yeah. And especially, it's just so different working remote. You don't get, like, as connected to the league and stuff. So... Being here, being in person, seeing like Faker walk past and being like, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the, the first time I saw T1 walk by, because I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, you, I've seen pro players before as a mm-hmm. caster, but when it's like like the OG ones, like like seeing Faker walk by, I was I think I was speaking to Brendan. I was just kind of like, <laughs> and he was like, are you, are you there? I find that doesn't go away. No, it doesn't because I mean it's, I, we've it's, been working yeah. international oh, events, and I mean we've we use in a way to sing these guys, but it's yeah, it it doesn't go away. But I had the same thing as you recently. Like I was waiting for the elevator because broadcast starting an hour after that, mm. and they come in, and I'm like, what should I do? Should I go in the same elevator? Should I just let them go and take the next one? I ended up taking the next one because I was like, okay, I'm gonna let the, the should royals. Should you apologize yeah. for yeah, being just, in the presence? I'm, I'm sorry for being here. <laughs> <laughs> breathing like the same down, air, like looking yeah. at shoes. Yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's great. It's great. Seeing this. Actually, I took an elevator up 
And I actually really like taking elevators with pro players because you get an idea as to what the vibe of the game you're about to commentate <laughs> is going to be. Yeah. I remember I was in the elevator with Chovy, Peanut, and Doran. Yeah. And Doran looked like his pet just died. He just looked very upset. But Chovy and Peanut looked the <laughs> happiest they'd ever been in their entire lives. And it was, oh, no. that's exactly how the series went. Doran was inting and like, Peanut and Chovy were just hard carrying. And I was like, wow, elevator information is very important to know. And because my Korean isn't great, I didn't really understand what they were talking about. Um, but Body getting language. the vibe, doing the vibe check, it certainly worked out. Um, so Valdez, yeah, how has it, how has it been? Um, yeah. Still um, being in Korea. <laughs> you know, um, it's been great. Give us an update. I've been having. We haven't uh, had like a Valdez I've, life update I've, I've, for I've a been while. having a good 11 years here. Um, <laughs> things are relatively the same, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not much you has changed. Yeah, I was going to say, I like, got a cat, new cat. cat amounts have doubled. His it name is, is, is Bobby, so now it's Charlie and Bobby. And Aww. and I'm also Bobby because my middle name is Robert. And uh, mm. That's some lore. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. some backstory, you know, Origin some story. introductions, mm -hmm. right? So maybe something that people don't know about so me. So D.Y. Know? lives with Charlie Bobby Bobby. That yes. actually great. That's true. Yes. That's really cool. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's been fun been uh, casting the LCK still. It's been fun having two new people with us as well. And um, one new day off. I've really loved having Laura around. She's been really fantastic, and I think she's really made a great change to the LCK. It's been really great to have a, <laughs> a dedicated host. The, the mood yeah. is great, as you guys can see. Like, we, all, we all like each other. It's fun. And Ox is okay, cool, I guess. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. We, can, we can edit okay. that. Or, or, the awkward <laughs> yeah. silence, we'll edit out. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, we can yeah. fix that in post. We talk yeah. about fixing things in post a lot. Do you? And it you guys know that because <laughs> Ian just leaves it in. <laughs> we look stupid. And I think that's become part of the show, which makes me sad. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've done some some esports, uh, some career introductions. Maybe for pure LCK diehards, you guys could give us a bit of information as far as like backstory and where you came from and what got you into esports story in the Oof. first place. Where did you come oh, from? Where did you go? I reckon go we, go Law went first last time, so yeah. Orcs, you can go first. As long yeah. as you say nice things about me this time, oh, I'll try. No promises. <laughs> yeah. Atlas yes. inspired me to be a pro. Sorry, you can you you. It's your story. <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I used to play as a pro player for XL. This was before they were in the LEC, uh, and we won the UK National League. Uh, and then, Whoa. yeah, pretty cool. You know, Fake has never won it, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're a champion. Wow. Yeah, cool. and then. Sure. You know, I had an offer to go to uni, and I didn't think, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it as a pro player, so I went to uni, and then I started casting, because I was like, you know, I want to keep involved, and then casting went really good, and uni didn't, so <laughs> I, I dropped out of university, uh, and I cast the league I used to play in, which was the UK league, and then that's now the NLC, and I did some EU Masters, and then I got an offer to cast the LPL, uh, which is remote, and that started like a year and a half ago, uh, well, actually two years now as a guest, and then I transitioned to full-time, but still remote. And then, yeah, now I'm here in the LCK, which has been great because back when I was a player, I used to, like, every morning, because it was obviously morning when I was in the UK, I'd wake up, I'd watch the games, I'd be like, oh, look what they're doing, look at this sick stuff. And then, you know, <laughs> I would try it out, wouldn't go well. Um, 
Like, what am I missing? What's the di- what's the difference? Mm. Uh, kind of the process for like every every aspiring pro player. Um, mm. But you know, I guess enough of it worked that I won. Uh, yeah, there you and go. then quit while I was ahead. <laughs> <laughs> And then now you're here. So you're at the pinnacle that you were watching and being inspired by beforehand. Yeah, I and call I think, that success. I think realistically, if I was to continue as a player, I don't think I would have made it to the LCK. I don't think that was in my mm. career trajectory. So They haven't had a lot of European imports. Yeah. Yes. Well, Out- technically, I'm from the yes. UK. Ah, so. uh, yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> There's always time. I don't know how many UK imports they've had, but I'm not going to look at that stat. Yeah, I'm just going to focus on the positive. <laughs> it's very niche. <laughs> we did import an entire team that one time in 2012. Hmm. Um, when? How did that go? I mean, it went to five games. Okay. <laughs> you know, like CLG EU did pretty good against oh, that one, yeah. against Frost. Oh my goodness, that was there. a lot. Yeah, you, you were there with uh, Mole Trap and Double Lift. Yep, we cast that final. Mm-hmm. 2012. Wow. That's a tricast. Yep. That is a tricast. If you guys were there and you Speaking watched it, of, uh, OG is true. You know. Meeting your your heroes. <laughs> you were sitting that was right next right, to yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, what am I doing here? I'm not supposed to be here. This is weird. That's I don't get I, it. That's how I feel in the LCK. Yeah. Isn't that when you were like still on the side doing like Diablo content for Azubu and stuff? Yeah, pretty much. I was someone who spoke English and was good at League of Legends. So they were like, we need to fill in now for Torch. And that's so how I cool. got it. Yeah. So Origin cool. story in uh, episode four of the Pog State, by the way. Mm. Yes, if so you, want, yeah. you you can definitely go back, back in and the we day. Can, yeah. yeah, do a little bit of a. It's like three years ago. Yeah, we um, I was I was trying to remember. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that episode. No, I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't have absolutely yeah. no recollection. It's back there though. You should just watch all of them if you haven't watched all of them and you want to see uh right now Valdez's uh backstory. You can go there. But now it's time to hear about laws. Uh, so what got you into KT fandom? <laughs> uh, that's. That's a question that every KT fan should be asking themselves. Honestly. We all because, ask ourselves this question. Yeah. <laughs> should have been therapy <laughs> instead, I guess. But um, no, I mean, uh, it was, I think before KT, it was the LCK uh, as a whole, or OG, and back then, champions. Uh, I started following, I think I started following Korean League before uh, Western Leagues, actually. So it came pretty late, uh, 2013, 2014 by then. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was playing the game. I was really bad. I'm still really bad. But I wanted to see how people who can actually play the game play it at the highest level. And I just got hooked. I I was never like a sports fan or anything. But sports is what got me into competition in this sense. And yeah, I just fell in love with League. was a hobby at first. And then I realized that it was a hobby that could actually become a career. um, Because, I mean, back then, you know, I, I was... I was a rookie journalist and we were not getting paid. Uh, and it was just, hey, here's a keyboard for the 200 article you wrote for us for the past six months. And and, and it was fine. And it was fine. Oh, and keyboard? I was, yeah, like, right? Did, did it glow? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like, like, tiny lights. And, <laughs> on it. Yeah. And I loved it. But yeah, over time, I uh, yeah, it became my job. And then I met you guys when I came for the first time in 2018. And I think that's the moment I realized that I wanted to work here at some point. And I was like... It's cool to watch TLCK from home. I wake up, I have my breakfast, I watch TLCK, I watch you guys, it's great. But I wanted more. And so, yeah, when the opportunity came last year, I was like, okay, might as well seize it. I think it's been enough waiting. Mm. And, yeah, uh, working for a loser's region for six years. <laughs> it didn't bring me any work. So. Okay, yeah, we, be, yeah, we, ha- yeah, we yeah. won MSI that one well, time. Yeah, that was great. 
half a year. Yeah, we don't. They made it to the finals. You won worlds. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, does that count? At at one point in time, you were the only region to have ever won worlds. True. Yeah. No. No one. No one can take this away from us. Absolutely. Yeah. True. I still use that Janus skin. All right. Well, that makes one of us. You play Janna? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. No one's picking the up on the Jana fact Jana that player. I never play Janna. Yeah. If I was to play Janna, though, or like, uh, that, I do Jana. like the Gragas. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't the the Sushi Gragas. Yeah, that was that yeah, was his skin. Was. There's a lot of Gragas. I know, but like, if you want to mix it up, <laughs> it's your... got a good belly on it. Yeah, you know. I think Scuba and Hillbilly are my. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scuba Gragas. It's it it's so great because it's such a rare skin. <laughs> no one uses and it. And then when you use it, it's terrible. It's yeah. so <laughs> Splash is awful. The in-game animation it's, yeah. is disgusting. Just don't Spooks used to use it all the time. Wow. All the time, and uh, I respected him for it, but it was terrible. Mm. But still, Hillbilly for life because we're score fans, too, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's how it goes. Is it difficult as a KT fan to like separate fandom of players who were iconic to the team at lots of different moments in time mm-hmm. and fandom of the team? Uh, I think it was at first because I, w- I always was like a biggest fan of score. Score, Arrow back then, up until the point he went to NA. And then I kept on... I kept on being a fan of the team, but also maybe because of the players who joined the team, I really, I don't know, I looked up to them and uh, it's players that I really liked. I think for me, there was like a break when when the team from 2018 split up, when SCORE stopped, mm. uh, when they all stopped, when Mata went to SKT back then, I think it was. Yep. And yeah, I think it took me a while to just stay on the hype train also because they were not doing that great after that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I think last year I had this realization of, hey, you don't follow a team just because they have success and players you like. It's more for the vibe of the team, even if it's a toxic relationship, as KT fans may know here. But yeah, no, uh, I think it took me two, three years. I was like lost in a way, but uh, Mm. I found my way back. So actually now we've realized that KT's success relies on Law's dedication to the team. That's going to be my narrative, honestly. Like, <laughs> I really believe this. Working well so far. Yeah, yeah. As far yeah. as it, it works. Is, I mean, yeah. It's actually working so far. Because I was, I was thinking about this as well, because I really, I loved the KT from back in 2014, right? Like yeah. Rookie, Cacao, Score, like the whole gang. That felt like OG KT. And then I just went, oh, screw it. I'll just fo- follow them to China. Yeah. Um, score stayed behind, but I got Kakao and we got a rookie there as well. Yeah. And then, you know, rookie made an absolute uh, career of it. Absolutely amazing work um, transitioning to an LPL player. Um, but then IG became my KT to follow. Oh, wow. <laughs> when, when we're in China, because rookie, I felt like was just, just a, such an impressive player to watch. But then... Deft moved back to, to Korea, so then KT reignited. Yeah, that was a great um, team. But I tried to do the same when Mata left the team and joined SKT, and I was like, no, it, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. Like, I, <laughs> I, I cannot. Not this yeah. one. Okay, so this is enough about, um, <laughs> about KT and just fandom in general. What we need to do is have a bit of a conversation about, about what life is like in Korea, because it's been a long time since... Uh, as we mentioned before, that Valdez and I have been to Korea. How has it been um, transitioning into Korean life? 
now that you've been here for, you know, a little while. Should I take this one? Yeah, you can start. Right. Yeah. Um, I think for me it wasn't that hard. I mean, it's the fifth time that I come here. I mean, I came in 2018, 2019. I feel like it has been COVID. an annual thing. Yeah, no, but Law that's what it was. comes over as an annual thing. And then COVID ruined the whole party for us. And then I couldn't see you guys for two years and a half. And yeah, and the second I could, I came back. But you guys were in Europe for MSI when I was here last year. So it was, anyway. Uh, but I've been doing enough sightseeing and being a tourist here um, for the times that I was here. So I'm actually happy because I know where I like to go. I know what kind of food I like. I'm still discovering some stuff because, uh, of course, I have just visited here. But, yeah, the fact that every visit and tourist stuff is already got out of the way, I'm actually having more of a living here experience, groups of friends. And, yeah, it's been... Hard in the sense that it's the second time that I've moved country, originally from France, hence the accents, uh, moving to Germany, and then... Whoa. No. <laughs> what? That's why her French is so good. <laughs> wow. Mind blown. I sense. can do the rest in German as well. If you want. But yeah, living in Germany was great, but I mean, like the food, not, not the best, I think, uh, compared to the UK. But yeah, moving here was has, has been great. Honestly, it has been a great experience because I know what I'm getting myself into. And I'm trying to learn Korean, which hasn't been the easiest, but yeah, it's getting there. It is getting there. If you learn it before me, then I'll be truly. I will learn mega, it before you. You will. Probably, yeah, definitely. Actually, and mm. you, you're also better <laughs> at languages in general. Um, I'm just hopeless. Uh, Dan, how about you? How's it been settling in? Yeah, it's been good. I think there's there's obviously a lot of like getting used to, you know, a lot of cu cultural differences as well. But, you know, Brexit kind of ruined the UK, so it's nice. Mm. Nice being in Korea. Every time. I keep bringing it up. I can't help it, you know. Um, no, it's been nice hanging out with people. I think as well, um, with, like, the LPL being remote, all my coworkers were, like, on in different countries or, like, far away. So it's been nice to be able to hang out with my coworkers, you know. We've got to do our little board game nights and stuff. Mm. Go out and... Like the the meals as well we have like when we had meals after the finals that was really mm. nice um, and I, I just re I really enjoyed the country I've been going on walks and stuff which has been nice to seeing everything it's just really pretty and a lot of stuff to do which you know I, like where I'm from in the UK there is stuff to do but it just feels like once you've been there for a while you've done all the interesting stuff and there's so much more mm. in Korea especially in Seoul. Yeah. Yeah, and also you've chosen a beautiful place to live. I'm not going to out you exactly where you are, but you've got like that gorgeous little river walk that oh, you can yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's lovely around your area. So nicely chosen. Um, also, just a few doors up from where yours truly is as well. It's like a little community that we have here in Korea. It's gorgeous. I don't live there. I don't live there either. No. <laughs> and that's also Valda's why they like be, it so much. You know? yeah, that is that's be why, it's, that's away why it's so yeah, nice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And all right, so now that we've covered some just broad career stuff, let's dive into some LCK stuff. So what has been the impression after three weeks of the LCK? What's been the impression of the LCK as a whole? How are we feeling about, about mm -hmm. the LCK just in general? And Orcs, I'll start with you. For this one so i feel like there's definitely a few teams who are a decent amount above the others but in particular it feels like right now for me like genji and kt feel very complete but like there's a lot of teams where it feels like there's you know one particular issue or maybe a player who's struggling that is kind of separating them from being like at the top level and hopefully the, uh, they'll be able to sort that out by the end of the season but it feels like you know, there's that factor that just defines them from not being a top team. And there's obviously some ones that are struggling with a lot more factors at the bottom end, but it feels like there's different, like, like there's big gaps between them because of that and as a result. Um, and obviously, you know, I was on the LPL before and there was just like, like a million teams. Yeah. Um, 
but even like I feel like there was a lot of a lot a lot of teams in the LPL where it's just like you have like just a, just a mix of players and maybe like they have like a very different identity from other teams and I feel like that's still replicated here but it feels like um, the top teams feel like really solid and well-rounded mm. uh, for the most part. Yeah. And Law, how do you, how have you been finding it so far? I would I would agree on this. I mean, what what's interesting is that it's different watching from a viewer and also working on the league. I mean, I was casting the league in France, but it's it was two years ago, so I think the league has changed so far. But from the impression I had in spring, leading to summer, where I joined you guys, uh, I think similarly to what you said, for me, there's like a group of four, five teams leading the pack and a clear top two. And clear top two was Genji T1 in spring, KT Genji right now in summer. And then the rest of the teams who show up sometimes, most of the time they don't. But for me, there's like a clear cut between the first part of the league and then the rest of the back. And for a long time, I was wondering why it was like this. I hope I'm going to have the answer by the end of the split because that's also why I came here to have more information about the league and learn more about how players work and everything. But yeah, um, uh, the LCK has always been competitive, but I think the league would do better, especially now that LPL is taking over internationally. Mm. I just want to, I just want to find out what is going to be the changing factor for the LCK to come back on top because it's a league that I appreciate a lot. And yeah, for me, the fact that there's a clear cut between lower five and top five for me is not elevating the league to the level I wish it was. Yeah, not providing quite enough competition yeah. at the very yeah, top, perhaps. I think the LPL thing is like everyone beats everyone. Yeah, and right. There's like so many teams at like every different level, and it changes every week. And, <laughs> and like <laughs> chaos. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's very chaotic. But I also feel like it gives a lot of challenges that sometimes like you have, you know, like for example, KT and Genji. You know, I feel like the, they'll obviously match up against each other. That'll be a fantastic match. Uh, but there's like a lot of matchups where it's like both of those teams will just steamroll the opposition it's not as much of a challenge and obviously that happens at every league i do think a big change has been the fact that we now have double limit playoffs i think that yeah. should really help that's out. great kind of uh could have been cool in the first round as well for some uh, fans of certain other teams uh, as well but let's um oh. we don't need to talk about that right now. i don't know why i decided <laughs> to just like go after d plus fans just yeah. like boom just i mean i'm gonna get you yeah Got well uh, accidentally did it um but one last thing, just as far as like getting your feelings and stuff like that. How has it been working on the LCK? I know that our, our boss is pretty mean sometimes, um, but have you been coping okay with, with G-Sun and her quips and her rules and everything? I would like to take this one first, if you don't Go mind. Ahead. because on, uh, no, but I've been working with G-Sun for years, actually, because when I work international events, she's <coughs> next to me on stage or at the BSI area, translating and interpreting for the players and like on, I, I'm always impressed because she doesn't only translate she also like conveys the emotions of the player and it's really not something easy to do and I think you guys can notice when she does it on the um, uh, on the broadcast here but having Jason talent translator and now having Jason uh, producer from the LCK it's completely different person, but I, I love them for different reasons. And it's really interesting to see how different she is when she works in this space. And also seeing the difference between working in the LEC, working on the French broadcast and working here now. I don't know. I, I like I like finding out like the, the tiny differences in productions and what makes a product better and, and what basically you guys see at home when you watch the LCK. And yeah, finding out about all this has been amazing, honestly. And there's... There's a lot of stuff that you guys do amazingly, and now I'm happy that I get to be part of it and actually, yeah, try to 
bring something, but also try and fit with the workflow. Because again, from the LEC to what you guys do, it's completely different. And adapting is always an interesting challenge. And I've been loving it so far. And uh, I won't ask why the LCK is better because I feel like that's just... Uh, <laughs> it's I won't given. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ox, how's it been? Um, jumping on a... like I know you mentioned the fact that you were largely um, remote beforehand, but what has been some of the, the biggest things that changed for you like as far as how you worked in person rather than remote? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a big thing is... Because like when you start off as a caster, a lot of the times, a lot of like amateur casters, it's very remote focused. And then like in the middle of my career, there was COVID as well. Yeah. It took a big chunk out. So I, ha you know, I haven't worked that much in person, especially not on this level. So having like being in studio, having the players there, having the support from like a team being there with assets and, you know, providing documents and everything. We have like all these things to just let us do the best job possible has been really fantastic. And just night and day from you know, being in my little office wearing like short shorts underneath this <laughs> shit, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to sort out my mic. I'm like, why, why does it keep peaking? I can't pick up this thing. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I have someone on the other end who's like, you know, have you adjusted this setting? I'm like, I don't know what the setting is. <laughs> I don't know this stuff. I'm just a guy who talks in case she says funny things. And they're getting frustrated because I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Whereas here, they just come over and they just tweak it. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, it's, that, it's that simple, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been like a whole experience, but it it it's so it's so sick, and I think as well like having the crowd there, like particularly mm. the finals that we had in spring, when the crowd, uh, when Caster John you know announced them, and the crowd was so it was so sick, and obviously you know our audio doesn't go out to that crowd, but you can just tell whenever there's a big moment, you just hear this roar. It's just on another level, and that when would I was have been insane for you as well, because like you come out of COVID like remote broadcasting and then that was like almost like your first time on the broadcast was yeah, yeah. at it the jump it was pretty it was pretty quick and also like i remember when i was playing one time you know i played in front of an audience and it must have been like maybe like 30 60 people or something and i remember uh, there was a play that i did and the crowd like went crazy i was like god that's so loud i'm like <laughs> it'd be like a whisper compared to that stadium like, i cannot imagine like the players how i mean obviously so many of them are veterans but like especially a player like pays who was who was new to it get like a sick play and the crowd just goes absolutely crazy <laughs> but yeah it was it's so sick i mean this is really what esports is about yeah no it's incredible and valdez my question for you is how's it been um working <laughs> with these two new people <laughs> Oh, it's been great. Uh, I really enjoy not working six days a week. Um, that has nothing to do with these guys, but it's been great to have some extra talent. And uh, yeah, it's been very nice. I feel like, you know, um, been working with a lot of different analysts over the years, you know, like I even back to the <laughs> double lift days, but also like with, with LS and Papa Smithy and, uh, you know, everybody chronicler. Crumbs. Oh, wait, you worked with Crumbs, right? I did, yeah, and Spo wow. TV. Um, I hung out with Crumbs a lot while I was here. He's a very interesting man. He is. He's, yeah. Hmm. He's like the most interesting man in the world. Um, <laughs> do you know he's into sailing? Yeah, he is. No, um, he's really cool. competitively, yeah. Or he was. Uh, anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chronicler Wolf and uh, even Wadded and Hooney and then, you know. Ox comes over. He's pretty okay. Um, <laughs> I like how you set up this big list just yeah. so you can like dump for me. Like I've worked with all no. these big names, and, this and now this guy. Yeah. No, no, it's great. I mean, to always have a different like uh, viewpoint and mindset coming in, and um, 
everybody's been great, and then we had off. <laughs> no, I'm just no, it's it's been great, and obviously uh, Laura as well. You know, uh, getting a chance to do the valid analyst again on the desk has been interesting. It's kind of like just one more step of like, oh, oh yeah. Well, now we have to learn something new. Like you think you've d- you've done this job for a long time, and then you're like, okay, well I've done this on casting, but like, have I really been a full time analyst on the desk? Not really. You know, so that's been fun to relearn, and uh, yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> 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 be like this. He's waiting know. for the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been really fun to work with you as well, Dan. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't uh, know. He's looking at me so expectantly. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's been good. I actually, um, I got to, I got the pleasure of casting with Dan in Challenger. I cast with them for the first time at MSI, actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah, Wolf's voice. Like died. yeah 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 um, <laughs> just, and it was just one game and what was crazy as well is the game it was at DFM against Saigon Buffaloes mm-hmm. and it was like the bloodiest game <laughs> ever crazy. it was like I think it was like between the two teams it was like 60 plus kills in like 30 minutes it was an absolute bloodbath wow. it was crazy it was a lot of fun yeah a very mo- memorable moment well my first time was in Challenger and it probably wasn't that bloody <laughs> nor was it that memorable but it was a very fun time it was to be on fun. the desk with you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually very it's it's sad that you guys have got such a good beginning story of your careers together mm-hmm. and I've got I casted with Dan on Challenger that, that time but it was, it was good I liked it I actually found it really nerve wracking not being a host on the space yeah, but yeah. I could see it like you, you were trying to I mean he was close to opening the show honestly when I was with no him. like, was like this is the thing like, I, like, I get really like stuck it. in my ways and as you can see from what I just did, I cut her off so that I could get my point across. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're allowed to do if you're an analyst guy. <laughs> you're supposed to sit there and do what you're told. And I found it very, very difficult. Um, so it's that, that has been a huge transition. But it's really cool to actually learn from a professional host instead of us you know, being play-by-plays that are in the host role for a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So it's, uh, it's just been really, really cool. And I'll get better, I promise. Like at the that was great. at the thing, um, it's like <laughs> Atlantalist. It's fortnightly. Atlantis, yeah. Fortnightly, I get to Atlantalist. No, it's League of Legends, not Fortnite. Okay. <laughs> Orcs was here <laughs> for a very <laughs> short amount of time. Um, uh, we really liked having him here uh, until we really didn't, um, and then we were glad that he was gone. So back to six days a week, Valdez. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it, you know, you win some, you lose some, eh? Um, but I think now is the time for us to get in to some other stuff because we have the future of the LCK at stake and the POG state is here so that we can delve into what is going to happen because we have our crystal balls. Of course, that was coined by Wolf. Wolf is the guy with the crystal ball. Um, but we all have our own and we're going to utilize those in order to tell you exactly who's going to win. And thankfully, these two have come in with some predictions of their own. I want to do that first off, okay. um, put that on the table, and then we can have some conversations about week four, what we're going to be expecting, patch change, and things like this. And then we can possibly uh, round it out with a little bit uh, of an explanation as to, as to what's happening. So just run down through. We're not going to discuss it. We're just going to leave it in people's brains. What is going to be the standings of the LCK at the end of this season? Do you want me to go first? Regular season, yeah. August. With three weeks already done. Yeah. 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? I think 10 to 1 is more hype. 10 to 1 is more hype. Let's do okay. that. Okay. In number 10, Nongshim. <gasps> In number 9, 
OK Man Savings Bank Brion. Boom! <laughs> in number eight, DRX, fresh off that first win a day. Mm. Ooh. In number seven, Hong Dong Freaks. Uh, in number six, Live Sandbox. In number five, D Plus. <gasps> number four, Whoa. Honor Life Esports. Number three, T1. <gasps> number two, Gen G. And number one, KT. Oh my goodness. Wow, that is an overload. There it's is, th- th- it's an exhilarating list. Hmm. Um, it is. And honestly, like, if I had two weeks of extra time, probably would have come up with something somewhat similar. We do have everybody's predictions here in front of us um, to go back, and actually, zero are the same. Yeah. Yeah. There is yeah. absolutely nothing. That is the same outside of some of Law's predictions, but you yeah. have uh, the same. I mean, I'd say advantage uh, at this point. I'm believing a bit more in Bro. Uh, I put Nonshim ten, uh, DRX nine, and then I put Bro eight. Woo! Because yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we're talking about. Sometimes they have a good early game; they can get better. Giga and chat. then Kwangdom, and then Live Sandbox, mm-hmm. Honwa, Life Esports. Uh, D plus Kia, T1, KT, and Genji. But this is regular season. Mm, this is regular season. Yeah, I think business. playoffs going to be different. We'll, yeah. Ah, so the idea is to get the losses for KT out. Yeah, just get the in the regular out season. It, yeah. Ooh, but unfortunately, it just came off a two-zero telecom war. Like where, like as far as where the roller coaster is right now, it's like rocketing. Yeah. And I think. At this point, KT fans need to hope that this roller coaster just breaks out of the atmosphere, and then even if the tracks disappear, it will just continue because there's no gravity. That's what I'm worried about, man. Like I think we peaked too early. (laughs) 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 We'll see about this. You know what I find interesting with these prediction lists is that Wolf actually has a somewhat balanced for this timeline. Yeah, right. List. Out of all four of us that had to do it after week 1, he kind of foresaw KT's strength and potentially T1's weakness. He has Genji up in first, you know. He has the same top 5 picks as Lore. So yeah. what you're saying is Wolf is a time traveler. He, he is, is the guy that has the crystal ball. He Even is. though he got fourth last season. <laughs> we don't like I mean, to mention that. Four thought of how many? Four thought of how many? Four. <laughs> I think I'm wooden spoon. I'm like, my, my list really is not aging very well. Atlas is um, yeah, no. freaks in fifth. Yeah, it's, um, it's fine milk. I've got fine milk happening here. Um, I, I, I listen to too many screws. It's going to become a Kerchizi by the end of the season. Yeah. Though. You yeah. never know. It's a, it's a Kerchizi shard, and Wolf's definitely got the static shiv um, fully completed. I feel like sometimes you can think too hard about predictions. You yeah. know, I feel like if you overanalyze... I mean, DRX won Worlds last year. I think mm. that kind of says it all. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go on a bit of a bit of gut feeling, bit of mojo, bit of vibes. I don't you think know? Yeah. there has like never been... A tournament in the history of time where there wasn't at least one upset <laughs> like yeah. think about like college basketball or like playoffs of anything like including esports any esport like even over in vct they just had eg making the finals i mean this yeah. is a totally different topic but like you know there's there's upsets there's teams that overperform and underperform in every tournament so no, but there's upset and upsetting until the point you win finals actually and for me drx stands out in that area and, and i don't think we ever had a story like this before that one in league so mm. 
I think so much of it comes down to environment that the teams are all in, right? And like what Orcs was saying, vibes are a big thing. Because if you see teams that are happy with each other and playing together, um, then I think that that speaks more to how well they're going to do as the season progresses because pressure is really, really high. And fans, like, especially here in Korea, are very, very passionate. And so... It does mount, and for these young players, it must be... That's a nice way to put it, Atlas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're very Um, passionate. (laughs) Very passionate. Um, But for these young players, I think it just... It it can get to you unless you've got a good support network, and a team that has gelled together and can support each other, that's uh, a team that's going to go a lot further. Yeah. Yeah, I think so often as well as people massively ignore the human element and like especially when it comes to internationals where like so many things are changing you often go to a new country there's a new meta you know all Why these things are different yeah. and maybe it just is Food. you know you, yeah yeah maybe your mm-hmm. team was working better then and isn't working well now maybe some new issues develop within the team and new people meta. just all these things and people just like they 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 have this binary view where like this player is this level or this team is this level. Yeah. And then they go to a tournament and they don't do well. They're like, oh, well, I guess they were always bad. I'm like, well, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work like that. It's, it's like, like, yeah, some people make fun of us for calling Carrier the best support in the world before MSI. Really? And I'm like, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After MSI, things have changed. And, you know, the, the issues yeah. within the team, you know, we could spend an entire episode talking about. I mean, we don't know them, but apparently they seem to be there. So, <sighs> you know, is Carrier playing at the same level? No, but like, Things change, yeah. as you're saying. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's so rare that like the level of, of, of even like one team, but especially all the teams, remains constant. Like it's it's much more common for it to change. And like even like it's not a new thing for countless times we've seen like teams do well domestically and then not be the top team when it comes to the internationals and it switches over. And especially recently, like the fact that DRX won, you know, obviously EDG is an example of a team who did well domestically, but then even at some point in the tournament, they weren't looked on favorably. And it is hard to compare regions. Like everyone wants to compare LPL and LCK. It's hard just based on like to judge them and make comparisons without seeing them match up. But also like by the time we get to internationals, may not even see the same teams that we saw matching yeah. up against each other. And then people draw these conclusions like, no, this region's way better. This and they've always way been way better. Yeah. 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 Oh, your, your region, so one. this team won your region? And then they, it's like, I mean, a great example is last, last year, Top Esports, right? They went five games against JDG and lost. Then in finals, went five games against JDG and lost. And the level of play was massive. And yeah. they... Like, there was the Jackie Love 92k damage Zeri game. Just, like, a phenomenal performance. And then they go to Worlds and they bomb out in groups. And it's like, people are like, oh, well, I guess I guess they were just always bad. And I'm like, well, yeah. you know, JDG still look pretty good. And they really challenged JDG. And I feel like all these situations, it's, you know, people just draw these conclusions and overreact and just think, oh, it's always that way. And I, I think they ignore massively how much form can change. And I think as well, some teams, like, like people think about, like, Faker and SKT and the error that they had. And that is so uncommon. We, we won't probably ever see that again in the league again. And we haven't since where a team is that dominant for that long of a time and able to win like multiple internationals consecutively. Uh, it's just like not that common a thing. Yeah, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And the fact that like, even the fact that Samsung White managed to win or uh, in 2014, well, KT managed to win domestically, but Samsung White managed to win Worlds. 
SKT was still really good at that point yeah. in time as well. And so, like, it could have been four years. We could be talking about, like, a, a four-year dynasty, and theoretically. That's what I think is hard about, I mean, result-based based analysis. Yeah. Even though that's what matters in the end, when you look about, uh, when you think about SKT, T1 now, the fact that they always stayed at the top, that Genji, former Samsung, always stayed at the top also. For me, if, if it speaks for the fact that fans can be a bit too harsh sometimes with the conclusions they draw. Whereas in the LPL, it's com I feel like it's completely different because you're going to have new teams, new structures just popping out of nowhere and making it to Worlds and making it to International. So for me, it's really hard to compare against these regions. But when you look at the LCK, we pretty much had the same structures and environments making it consistently to these international events. So for me, it's... I don't I, know. I think... So this conversation is really cool, though, for a transition to having a conversation about next week because we have a pretty big game that has to do with some players that have suffered from exactly what we've just been talking about, and that is Zeka and Kingen. The fact that they're world yeah. champions, spring looked like a disaster. A lot of summer has already looked like a disaster, except for today. Um, just... To let you guys know, this is Sunday night, and we are filming right after Hummel Life Esports have managed to pick up a win over Bro, so massive competition. Um, all jokes aside, they looked really good, um, but it's based on a Zeka playing a melee carry and things like this. How is it going to be if we have a look at, and this is like first match on Wednesday as well, so mm -hmm. if we get this out um, quickly enough, then that'll be coming up really, really soon. And you guys want to switch on the LCK to watch that because I think it's going to teach us a whole lot. But what's the take on how do Hummel Life Esports look and how do D plus Kia look coming into this one? And I want Law's opinion first. <sighs> it's really hard because they had... They didn't have the best week so far, and I don't feel like we've seen, we had enough information with the teams they've been playing this week to, I don't know, have like real conclusions on what's been going on. Because for me, I, I came into the LCK thinking that D Plus would start from where we saw them finish in spring and climb onto a better summer. But it hasn't been the case at all. And Death being sick, I think, hasn't been helping uh, at all. But to tie this to the conversation we just had about, the form of the moment, uh, the psychology behind the players and everything. It's really hard for me to know what kind of mindset D plus is going to show up, especially against Hanwha, who, I mean, for me, they're meeting in the middle. Mm. Hanwha was supposed to be one of the top teams. They were not. They keep on beating the lower teams and they need to climb at the top when DK were supposed to be at the top and have been falling. So for me, they meet in the middle and it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the real gatekeeper and who's going to actually be able to compete with the top dogs in the LCK. So for me, I had a better, I, I would put more faith in Hanwha life going into this matchup rather than DK because of the mental impact of the defeats they've been suffering so far. And for me, I don't know, I've seen more stability on the side of Hanwha life than I've seen on the side of DK lately. What a statement. Clid's team, yeah, right. More stability <laughs> than Canyon's team, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Orcs, uh, mm. sorry, uh, Valdez, maybe you take it away. Give sure, us, give us your thoughts, mate. I kind of agree in some points, but also I do feel like Humble Life Esports, in terms of like the mental game, I feel like they look so much more relaxed when they're playing up against a team that they know they can beat. But then, like the second, any kind of strong team comes in and you know again we don't know like is is 
is Zeka scared of Showmaker? Like that could be some kind of weird story that some fan tries, not tries to grow up, you know? Yeah, like <laughs> is Zeka terrified of this guy? But I don't know. It it comes out in their drafting too. I feel like they take more risks when they're playing against teams that they're confident against, and the risks pay off because they're playing against teams that they're better than. But I feel like if they were willing to extend and like, okay, we're just gonna really like prioritize this mid jungle duo. We're gonna get the Sejuani and Yone first rotation, and we're going to play around mid and jungle, which isn't necessarily what everybody does nowadays. That would be really cool because I feel like they do have that power there, but they don't always play around it. And I feel like when we get into some of the drafts, like I don't have it in front of me, but based off of what I remember, it feels like Homelike Esports are sometimes not taking those risks against teams like T1 or KT, and they will get punished for it, and they'll play more passively, and it won't look quite as well or as good. And in a weird way, I feel like DK is kind of in somewhat of a similar hole, where, like, you see, like, Canyon get the Nico, and he's, like, stomping on some of the lower teams, and then they look like they're having a great time, and everybody's just, like, you know, just having a good time all together, and the spirits are high, but then, like, when they face off against... Uh, a strong team it's like oh crap like <laughs> that happened I don't know. in the they don't look like series. the same yeah. they don't look like the same team at all and that was that was what happened like and you saw it while you were casting right like they're yeah. joyous and having a great time game 2 and then game 3 they've given up by minute 4 is what yeah. it felt like when we were watching that it really that did series. feel like they just oh we lost the early game like i guess we have no chance it's genji which is weird so really i feel weird. like it it might I kind of agree with Laura because, like, spirits are really high for Hamalife Esports. And both of these teams are really struggling with, like, that confidence as a team, it feels like. That's what it looks like to us from the outside looking in, at least. So, in terms of confidence level, Hamalife Esports should be ahead. But that's, like, what my gut is saying. But my brain is saying, well, DK, like, Hamalife Esports always struggle against, like, the top names so i feel like they're going to come into this one lacking that confidence and it's like a new week and d plus are kind of going to reset and say hey we we beat gen g at least once like maybe we can come in here and maybe they look like the stronger team and take mm -hmm. it so my brain is saying dk but my my gut is saying homily esports so i'm kind of torn i feel like for me a big thing is both teams have identities of how i think they should be playing the game but they don't always feel comfortable or have the confidence to lean into them and honestly, to draw a comparison in the LPL, in the LPL, we always see different champions. We always see different teams on top. And teams feel very, like, indexed into one thing. Like, this is how this team plays. And if that's good, then they do well. I feel like with the LCK, because you have the same teams often on top, a lot of teams look to them and, like, try and copy them to try and be like, oh, we want to play like them because, you know, Genji at the top right now, KT at the top right now. We should try and play like them rather than go, okay, what works for us? And I feel like with Honor Life Esports, when they're playing a weaker team, like today against Breon, they're like, what works for us? Oh, we'll play the Yone mid. And then when they're against better teams, they're like, oh, we can't play Yone mid against fit. Why not? It's your yeah. best strategy. Yeah. And I think when I look at Honda Life Esports, when they have these like aggressive dive comps, so you have like melee mids for Zeka, and you have all this agency, because their team fighting is really good. When Zeka's on his comfort, he's great in team fights. Viper is obviously a team fight machine. Kinging as well can really serve up uh, a solid performance when it comes to that point. And I feel like even if they fall behind a bit, we saw this against D plus last playoffs when they beat them, was the fact that like they lost lane in quite a few of those games. When it came to team fights, they had the picks that they could make work. And I think that's what they should look to really lean into and sure they might not end up beating the best teams in the league as a result of that maybe they they follow that route and they get all the way to finals or something but i feel like if you're not leaning into your style 
you're not even going to make it that far. You're just going to be a worse copy of these other teams. And I feel like when I look at D plus as well, I think that mid jungle is so strong. I think it, like there's so many games where they just pick this mid jungle duo where I'm like, that is so inactive. Like you have Canyon and Showmaker and when they're on form and when they have good games, which they have had this split, they can beat anyone. And yet they'll pick these matchups so I'm like, well, you just lose mid-jungle. And the game just falls apart from there. And I think if they go in and say, look, we're going to take a strong mid-jungle duo, crush our opponents, we're going to have Pryo for Showmaker so we can help out Canyon, who can make a Canyon in the jungle, and then lean that pressure towards bot to get Deft ahead, it feels so simple. And yet it feels like they're afraid because they're like, oh, but we have to draft this pick because it's so strong right now. And I'm like, just lean into what works for you. I actually feel like that is that's something that Hummer Life Esports fixed this week yeah. and DK yeah. hasn't. Yeah. Because the whole and this is what <laughs> didn't work for Hanwa all spring was priority picking bottom lane and jungle. And for Clid, I think that that's very important to pick him something good, but if you just pick your top side and then let Viper delve into his champion pool that is literally 50% of the champions. This guy was in the awesome dude meta. He played Teemo on Teemo. purpose. Yeah. yeah, right? Like he was so, unironically, Viper was the second best Vladimir in the league. Oh. And this was in a Vladimir meta where Showmaker was, like, uncontrollably good at the pick. Nogri existed. Nogri, yeah. Like, there were so many amazing players, but his bot lane Vlad was so incredibly good. Like, if he has to, he can play actually anything. But what they've been doing is trying to get, like, a good bottom lane, and they were doing it all season last season... When really you should just try and band-aid your top lane, get a solid core, and then throw him on anything. Like and then like counterpick the support. Like that's so fine. Well. Yeah, the Kaiser yeah. was fantastic. And I think that this is a masterstroke that Hummer Life Esports have found, credit to Dandy, but it hasn't quite been found yet um by Acorn. So and I, and I yeah. just hope that Hummer Life do it again though. They they don't just it isn't just a okay, we have this Vs Brion. Oh, we're against Brion. We can do what we want. Well, as long as they've yeah. recognized that that is the master stroke that yeah. they've come up with, right? So I think maybe the match against D Plus will be the test. Because as much as D Plus mm. are struggling, they are definitely one of our top upper teams, right? So if they come in with that same confidence and they bring out that game plan, then I think it looks really good for them. I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, D Plus had that game against Gen G, right? Where they looked good and yeah. Canyon was playing Kha'Zix. And that series wasn't, to be honest, the greatest series, in my opinion. I feel like Gen G kind of just let everything happen and did nothing in game number two as well. But that was like the one moment where DK looked strong. And, you know, you were talking about like how life esports have figured it out, but I kind of agree with Dan. Like, I hope that they realize yeah, that this is about them. This is about series. their team. Yeah. Like they should, they should bring it into next week. Whereas D plus are like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll come off of their one win against Genji and be like, Hey, well we did that. Like now we're facing a weaker team, a weaker team. Let's, Let's take some more risks, and then like maybe we see some crazy like showmaker and uh, canyon duo, and they win. I, don't I know. think that's the worst thing though as an analyst when you're like, oh, they figured it out, figured it out, they've got it, and the next game you're like, oh my god, they... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it's pure chance. Team. It was yeah. that's why this is such a beautiful moment because we get to talk about Hummer Life Esports as the team that figured it out, and not inevitably <laughs> like the team that forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question to ask though because when I I mean in the LEC when I talk to players there's no player whatsoever and no team who's going to be oh I'm facing this team instead of this team I'm going to have a different approach like they forget completely about the name tags and who they're facing and they just play the games they want and for me if this is also something and uh, an approach that teams have in the LCK I don't think that it's even going to be an issue and if they 
think they figured it out this week. They're going to bring the same approach against Diplos, disregarding the fact that it's Diplos and potentially a better team than them. So I would not be too worried about these aspects. But Whoa. yet again... No, it's optimistic, and I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I know from some of the conversations that I've had with um, some of the English-speaking analysts uh-huh. around the LCK, I know that they do prepare differently to, for different teams. Like uh, talking about KT, for example, oh, yeah, they're for an absolute sure. nightmare to prepare for. And so when because I have they conversation, play, yeah. they're just like, ah. Oh. Because they have <laughs> they a really have specific play style. Again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. against a team but that, I think the players, like DK, doesn't have a clear identity, this yeah. is for me a way where you can strike. Uh, I see it like this. And also for the players, I think that it's a lot more name tagsless, right? Yeah. You want to play the things that you've been practicing, the things that you feel confident on. And I think this is this is something that a lot of people do forget about because you look at draft as this champion be good at this against this champion, but really it's to do with I put twenty five games into LeBlanc yeah. over the last four days. I'm really good at hitting chains right now, you know. And I think that like that plays a big part. And it's interesting because I think that's Rascal. Rascal put like so many games into LeBlanc. It was so weird because I was looking for his Volleybear games that he'd obviously been spamming. He'd not played any Volleybear at all, <coughs> apart from, you know, two years ago, Sometimes every single game. It, yeah, yeah and he was like, give me the Volleybear. I look at his account, I'm like, I guess LeBlanc's a lot of lightning. She builds a static shiv. So it was a, <laughs> it was a very strange situation. Didn't work out um, in the first series in game one, um, but did work out for the rest of the series, so not too bad. I think that LCK teams, and part of the reason why we have struggled sometimes internationally as a region as well is that an issue they have is that they're so stubborn always, like every team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like every team. So I really love when we see like big change-ups like we saw from Home Life Esports today where it's like, oh, you're going to go back to what worked. And Zeka's like, yeah, I did win with stuff like this. I, <laughs> yeah. I am a world champion. I, I remember. That and one Q hope- out of the Baron pit is the best Yone Q I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I, yeah. Yeah. I just hope that they see this as a change and they're like, whoa, we can not just yeah. be, you know, confidence slaves yeah. to the meta and only play what Gen G are playing. Like you were saying before, like we can do this, you know, like we, we can change our ways and... You know, we've always hoped for this in the past and, you know, we've still seen, you know, very strange like game five picks in internationals where we're like, why would oh, you ever do this? Why would you make me think of Jin Yumi at a yeah. time oh like God. this? Yeah, exactly. this is exactly like, <laughs> why are you doing this? What is this? No. What did you mean by what this? Mean and by it, this? it just goes back to, you know, safety, stubbornness, whatever you want to call it. But we've always had that issue and I think it has plagued our teams a lot. Thankfully, we're in the middle of regular seasons like this. So our predictions yeah, are going to be really interesting going into this one, though. I'm just wondering who's going to predict DK and who's going to predict Home Life. I mean, right now, I couldn't honestly predict DK. No, I don't think. No, no. But it's really weird, right? Because DK have just come off a really difficult week, right? Like their their last match was against Gen G, and they, they went two one at one two. Sorry, yeah. which is not the worst. Gen G haven't been defeated that much, um, like at all. Uh, so for me, it's, it's, it's kind of contentious, but looking at the form Home Life Esports are in, I can't bet against them against a DK that is plummeting is what it feels like. They're kind of in free fall. Yeah. And also I feel like Genji looked a bit shaky themselves in that series. Like if they've taken a game of KT and KT's current form, I feel like that would, that would send a message. Like if D plus had taken a game of KT in their current form, I'd be like, okay, 
you know, yes, it was a hard week and they lost, but but I feel like it it wasn't that. And as you said, the series was a bit of a weird one. Like it felt like the, the game Gen G lost, they kind of just got like choked out. But then yeah, it was the same thing for the Spears said, game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it 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 didn't feel like like there were issues with D plus that you could see, regardless of the opponent they were up against, regardless of the fact that Gen G is a good team. And I feel like Honor Life will expose those issues. But hopefully, I mean, they're definitely. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when we're talking about this team, the reason we can be quite harsh on them is because the expectation is so high. I mean, for final. both of these teams, yeah. right? Like, I you think know. that these are, these teams have been like um, the LCK's punching bags. I think recently, um, I know it might sound a little bit harsh, but I think a lot of the fans are not ready to accept that the names on both of these squads are getting the results that they're getting. It's just not good enough. I think for Humble Life Esports, they're stepping up, but we've seen them against pretty mediocre teams. And I think that even going into the Genji series for D+, I was expecting, um, personally, for that to be a much closer series gameplay-wise uh, than what we actually saw, which was Showmaker kind of getting crushed in a way that has happened into Chovy in the past, right? But often that has been one of our most hype matchups across, you know, whichever team Chovy's on, to be perfectly honest, because they've been, you know, mainstays since they both debuted at such a similar time. Um, this was probably one of the most one-sided and Chovy favored that we've seen in ages. Yeah. And I know I'm sort of highlighting the mid lane, but so much of it um, for both of these teams does come down to that. Yeah. So it's it's going to be rough for D plus uh, to figure out their way through because apparently they've been stomping scrims. That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can't get any good information because we keep winning, but hmm. um, that's got to translate to stage games. We're on thirteen twelve next week, which I think we're going to talk about shortly. Um, yes, we probably should. Otherwise, it's going to be seven hours long. Yeah. <laughs> this is the three hour episode of Pog State. Um, I feel like it's going to benefit Homolife Esports a little bit more. We saw the Kaisa coming out. Um, for Viper today, and with some of the like Enchanter nerfs and the Zeri nerfs and stuff like this, like we might see a big changeup come to the bottom lane. And I think that Viper is going to handle it a bit better than Death, that has been a little bit meta dependent on at times. And like we were all talking about, I, I think that you know maybe Hamalay for just coming out of a rut, regardless of who they played against, like perhaps this will be the come up that they need. Whereas D Plus have really looked very shaky regardless of who they played against including the uh loss to bro which did happen as well which is you know, bro's a couple, only win a couple of weeks ago but still counts and yeah i think i also have to go for home life esports it's a little bit of a worry yeah and having a look i mean this is dk in fifth and one thing there was another matchup that we wanted to mention which was the t1 versus dk mm -hmm. series as well unless you've got something to add no it's just i just remember what wolf told me yesterday the fact that hey remember they were not that good at the beginning of the split last split and then they popped off in the second half robin so i'm like i, I get it but for me wait and for see they, they, no for a g plus they ah. might wake up a bit more I mean, KT did that in spring as well. Yeah. Yeah. KT kind of just got better. D plus in spring started off way better, then had a big slump. Oh, that's slump, okay, the opposite. My bad. And, yeah. uh, and then came back in. But the slumps are, are the real worry here because it feels like DK, they have so much potential and we know that. We can see the players and, and what they're capable of. But it's just not working. And you can see that they barely have confidence in themselves when they're making the plays as well, which is... The problem, and I think that's the big difference to what we saw from Homo Life Esports yep. um, today. And I, there's a bit of recency bias here, I think, um, coming in from my part. But I do think that Hanwell, when they're playing their game, 
And when you've got like Zekker and Clid looking like the Bash Bros, you know, like actually like <laughs> having that level of coordination, even watching them walk out together for their POG <laughs> interview, I was like, yeah. damn, am I watching the Mighty Ducks? Is this actually <laughs> like, is there a knuckle puck about to happen? Like what's happening here? Yeah. That's a very old reference. I it apologize. Um, but uh, I, for those who know, you know, um, because like the, the camaraderie, you could feel it. And I think that that's like, that's yeah. really, really cool. I um, think that Clid looks pretty good when he had a pretty straightforward goal. You know, it's like, I'm going to go mid lane. I'm Sejuani. There's a melee in mid. It's Zekka. Let's dive this weak opposing mid laner. I'm going to use my ults on him. It's going to go well. Like, he's not out, like, randomly in some side bush or, like, diving a turret where he looks he's uncomfortable. He's not flanking perpetually. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I know what I'm doing. I have one goal in mind. It's like gank ivory. He looked great. I think so. right? I think he got a POG, his first one of the season. I think there's a lot of junglers, like the Vi and like the Sejuani, that I think could suit him pretty well. And he doesn't need to be playing these carry junglers like the ones you'd expect Ganyan to be playing. So I think just mm. do what works for you is essentially how it should go. <laughs> I also Don't play Viego. <laughs> <laughs> I also think something that's that's great about Honor Life Esports is that they're, they're not afraid to int, and they will just send it. And what frustrates me more than anything is when you're watching a team who are behind, and they just let the game go and they're like you know we can't fight this and you know we'd lose this fight it's the bro thing yeah and i'm like just just try and the thing is like they just make this assumption that either side is ahead and oh if they play it correctly but no one plays it correctly like there are games where you'll just lose but then you've lost anyway so mm -hmm. what do you lose from trying and i think as well like if you wait until they're knocking on your nexus and then you engage to have all the summoners up they just flash away and then they kill you in this game over and it's like well just try just send it and i think honor life esports will always like so there's so many games where they're super far behind, and they'll go for this crazy Yone ult, and they might miss, and they might just lose the game, and then everyone's like, haha, wow, they're so bad. Can you imagine this guy's a world champion? I'm like, well, but if it you know, lands. yeah, it's it's the highest percentage play. I think that's how the mindset should always be when yeah. you're playing in a, yeah. in a pro league match. It's like, let's say the game has like a 10% chance of you winning, and then the enemy team start barren, and like the chance of you winning this fight is like 20%. Obviously, you can't really tangibly know the m number, but a player can have a feeling like, oh, this is the best chance we're going to get. Just, just go for it. Just yeah, go ham. I agree. And, and it'll, more often than not, it'll backfire, but you're in a losing state anyway. And then, you know, the fans might rip you to shreds, but uh, <laughs> you just embrace it. And you're like, yeah, just don't open Reddit or yeah. DC Inside. You know, it's like, like, it's fine. It's like, ignore the truck outside. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I really do hope that the Korean players don't not make plays because they're scared about what fans say because they're pretty vicious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're calling them passionate before, but yeah, yeah they, think... they demand a lot. They expect a lot. And, um, you know, if you do look silly on stage, they will call you out immediately. And I don't <laughs> think know? it's specific to Korean fans. Like, I think across all yeah. of, of LOL esports, I've heard yeah. stories. And, like, even if a player won't openly admit it, uh, there's a lot of players, and you, you can see from the play and, and, and the criticism they've received that they're, they're tentative. They're nervous about making these plays because they know if they, they look bad, they'll get flamed on Reddit, and then you know the, the public sentiment becomes so negative that a, a lot of players have had their jobs, their careers, affected by public sentiment yeah. because they get flamed even if they were just trying to make the play that worked at the time, and it's brutal. And you know I think there are these players... Uh, who will just do it anyway. Jackie Love is a good example. Who will just, like, he gets so much flame and he'll just say, I don't care. You can just never say I didn't try. And I yeah. think, uh, but it's so hard because obviously he's got like a, a very locked in spot in the LPL. But especially if you're like a less experienced player and you try and go for this play and you get ripped to shreds, it's, it's disheartening. 
Yeah, I was joking that uh, Chovy actually he secured the dragon in the recent series with Annie, and I'm like, that's because he was getting a lot of flame for not. You remember when Peanut? You guys remember when Peanut went out of the pit? And, <laughs> yeah, oh and my god! He was getting flame online, Chovy, for not smiting the the Elder Drake as Vagar, and I'm like. He's not the jungler. I mean, yeah, like, surely. But I'm like, hey, yeah. Hey, but this he, time he, he got it. He got it this time because people were flaming him on Vega. But I'm like, what does it mean that I'm making that joke? You know? Like, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. a half-truth in a way. But, you know, I just hope that Chovy doesn't well, he, get bothered he, by He got it. the Drake, and it was great. He got the um, Drake. Because yeah, he did so, 53 health, I think. And honestly, it. maybe if that moment didn't happen, <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> In the end, it's a great thing. Thanks, You're the person who is calling for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, flamed him right as it happened mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a. Uh, actually, didn't even think about that as an angle, and then seeing yeah. people get upset at Trophy for that moment is like there is there is like degrees of hindsighting that I'm like, oh yeah, that degree no, of no, hindsighting. No. I'm like, no, like mm. just. How did Chovy not predict that his jungler would I, leave the pit with Elder at 1k HP? I mean, he mind controls his jungler, right? Like, oh my god. Um, anyway, there is going to be another matchup um, as well between DK and T1 that week. Um, DK's week is a week of... It has to be a week of redemption. Or they are going to be seventh by the end of the week. We said that, uh, we talked about this this week as well. So I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Last chance, guys. No, but this is that the real last chance because yeah. they will actually be seventh place. Yeah. This is like, this week was, are they going to be one of our top three teams? Let's talk about Worlds. This is like, are you even going to be able to make it to playoffs? Like, yeah. if, I don't know. And if they make playoffs, will it be a repeat of what happened last time? Well, let's just hope yeah. they're not up against uh, Hummel Life Esports in said mm. playoffs. You know, they're, they're praying for Hanwha to get to second. This <laughs> is a revenge True. match, right? Yeah. It's DK's first time fighting them since that match. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're going to come in with some... And it's it's so much... Some like, Maokai for Canyon. You also have to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much about like the match yeah. as well like hinges around like Deft's prior experiences also because he's up against oh, the God, two guys yeah. that he just won Worlds with mm. and against a guy that he went five games with with those two guys at that same Worlds. Like... And then it's also Showmaker and Canyon up against the guy that denied them their world championship in 2021 when they should have got it. Like honestly, on name value alone, this matchup is so. This sick. Met, I know it it's actually insane. my yeah. favorite. Like there is there are six world champions. Yeah. In this match, That's, it's crazy. No, it's just nuts. It's actually <laughs> so good, and it's so funny because it's a conversation of third versus fifth at this point in time. How about the T1 versus DK match? How many how many world champions are in that, that one? Well, there's uh, just fake account of three. <laughs> just fake account of three. I think that's fake account of three, right? Sorry, yeah. 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 Count, you count Bengi as the coach, you know? Ooh. My Twitter DMs are open. <laughs> Wait, do you count Acorn as well? Oh man, we're getting, <laughs> we got to work the math out on this one. Wait, no, Acorn was blue, wasn't he? Yeah, he was blue. Yeah, so he's that's Looper. Looper would need to yeah. be the coach, but I think Acorn Singed might God. be better. I don't know what's uh, I mean, Akali God. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was Ixu. He's the true Akali god. Never forget everyone. Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. Ooh, nah, Morgan's too good. He can't come back. <laughs> he can't save bro. Lord Morgan. <laughs> but T1 versus DK yeah. on Friday. That one's going to be insane. I feel like DK, obviously, it will be their second match of the week. Whereas for T1, I believe it's their first and... For DK, oh my God, I think yeah. their match against Summer Life is really going to play a huge role 
and how they feel going up against T1 because T1, honestly, you know, they got pummeled by KT. But to be honest, I think that KT right now look like the much stronger team. So, like, it wasn't unexpected. The majority of us actually did vote for KT in that match. So T1, of course, they have looked weak in recent times and they don't look like their former selves, the team that potentially could have won Worlds or, like, potentially could have won MSI, et cetera, et cetera. I potentially could have won the a last, lot of things. Yeah. The last five finals. Finals. Yeah. Yeah. international finals. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but to me, so, plays a huge part in all this. I think that T1 will... I think they're going to win that match. They so. should win, but I it's still not the T1 that I want to see. And I feel... I mean, the, the MSI hangover is still here, of course. And there's, like, missteps in, I mean, missteps in the way they approach the draft, I feel. But also in the way they approach plays in-game. I mean, we've talked about the bot lane like Kiria and Guma not being as creative as they used to be. And for me, we've talked I mean, about the fact that they lost five finals in a row. To me, it plays a, a huge part in the PTSD they have in, uh, in the way they play together and the fact that they may be more scared as a unit. I think like what pays a um, really big part as well is the fact that they're normally winning in the regular season. And yeah, now they're and not. That's why, um, what do you do? Like, that's their fallback, right? They're losing trust in each other. Yeah, and, and for me, in the magic. I'm team. wondering if they they haven't reached the limit of what they can do as a group and that they won't go back to the flamboyant T1 that we had last year or even in spring. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sad to see the team like this because we know the potential and we saw what they were capable of. But I'm just wondering if it hasn't been too long. And... The team have that they missed have their been, window, you know, right? Yeah, like, right? That's like, they've the missed question. the window. That's well, what I would say. Well, several windows um, that they missed. But, like, that's, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, how many windows do they get? Yeah. Um, and how many is enough? Because I think uh, in the last episode of the Pogs data, I was like, I, I think I overdid it just a little bit. But I, I was kind of like, no, nah, I'm off the T1 hype train. I'm, this is not the best team in the LCK anymore. And that's aged relatively well, that particular Turns out you're opinion. right, yeah. Um, but I, I was like, no, they're not the best. They're the second best. Like that was <laughs> that was what I went with. Yeah. When really it should have been uh, a little bit more to like where Wolf, Orcs, and Law now have uh, T1 sitting, right? Which is beneath third um, KT, which is a nutty one. But I think because we've been here for about 11 hours, um, we're going to have to say thank you so much for joining us here on the invite. Pog State Law and Orcs and Valdez for holding the fort alongside me as my play-by-play uh, -play brethren. And uh, I think it's time for us to say goodnight. So thank you so much for watching this episode of The Pog State. And uh, I hope to see you next time for the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.